Drilling fluids touch just about everything in the drilling process. We're here to deconstruct the drilling process and drilling fluid concepts to provide a deeper understanding of our industry. In each episode, we'll share information, talk to interesting people, and maybe share a few stories along the way. Welcome to The Flow Line, a production of AES Drilling Fluids, brought to you by Matt Offenbacher and Justin Gautier. Welcome to another episode of The Flow Line. We're here in Zoom land, not in the lab today, or in the lab, I say lab, not in the studio today, which is right beside the lab. But Matt, how's everything going in your world in this, you know, we're in full-blown summer mode, man. How's it been going for you? It's good. It's just been really, really busy, really hot and really busy. Yeah. Activities going crazy. The heat is on, you know, it's summertime. So kids are out of school and now it's, you know, full-blown camp mode, which is so funny. You know, we've spent a lot of time outside. And so I was, we were at the park the other day in the city. We decided to go take in a little adventure and there was, I forget which park it was. It was like South of the Heights somewhere. And there was like this not a treasure hunt, but you know, you have a sheet and you go look for like a certain bird or like a certain plant. Yeah. With our kids. And then we went to a park nearby and had a little picnic and this lady came up to me and she was like, Oh, she's like, you have such a good tan. You must be a landscaper. (laughs) And I was like, well, actually quite the contrary. I work in an office, but we've spent a lot of time at the pool lately. She was like, Oh yeah. You and your kids are just so tanned. And I was like, that's such a random comment, but I guess I'll take the comment. For know. all the listeners out there, Justin doesn't need a lot to convince him to take off his shirt. So <laughs> hey, it's he's hot. I don't want to trying to show off his work at the gym. Well, and I appreciate it. I think it's funny, but I do like to have my shirt off. And the reason is, and I don't know if it's maybe part of growing up, but my dad never wore a shirt unless he was leaving the house. That was the only time he had a shirt on. And now I'm like, I guess it's like followed suit. And so Outside cooking, shirt off. Inside hanging out on the couch, shirt off. It's just the way, I don't know. It's just the Goche way. I, 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 what can I say? I'm not here to judge. No. And, and you know, even if you did, Matt, it's okay. I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on to a topic that I think right now is relevant in most people's situations, especially if you're on a drilling rig. There's a lot of folks coming and going. You know, the demand for people is high simply because rigs are getting added to the board. And in the drilling fluids world, mud engineers work day in and day out with derrick hands. They're the right hand person on the rig. And, you know, if you've listened to a lot of the episodes, we did an episode where we outlined each role on a rig. So we don't have to necessarily get too deep in the weeds of like, what does a derrick hand do? But ultimately, it's kind of like Batman and Robin on mm. a rig. And so the derrick hand takes orders from the mud engineer on, you know, the mix or fluid transfers, or, Hey, can, you know, we've got a barrack load coming in. Can you, you know, help out with unloading material, whatever. And so, but right now, Matt, I mean, we're all seeing it. It's just, there's so much turnover and our mud engineers are having to work with so many new people all the time. And I mean, that gets tough, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, I think, It's not just new people, but it's also inexperienced people. One of the things I really never cared for was that, you know, we always had a lot of other things going on where, you know, you had to build the rapport with somebody who knew what they were doing, or you had some idea of how they worked. And now we find ourselves in a situation where they don't have any experience or they've been promoted really quickly. So they might not be familiar with rig operations in general. They didn't advance up from a roustabout to a derrick hand. And so it's like, you're really new at this. 
And that can be really frustrating and difficult for a mud engineer. But the other part of it is if as a mud engineer, if we're not good to them, the job doesn't get done. And so I really feel for our field personnel out there just because it's difficult and it's another responsibility they have when they've already got a lot to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes down and you alluded to this kind of initially in your response was just the continuity aspect is oftentimes when things are going extremely well on a rig, it's when everyone, it's like a well-oiled machine. Everyone's in sync. Everyone kind of knows how each other works and you can kind of get into this really neat rhythm, almost like artwork. It's fascinating to see. It's almost, you know, a team on a field or, you know, a baseball team when everyone's in sync, everyone's moving the, you know, just, it's very fluid. And so, but the way you develop that is working with someone for an extended period of time to where then you start to learn how each other works and you maximize that ability. But when you have a new Derek hand coming every other hitch, it's hard to get in the groove, if you will. And so Matt, I think one of the first sort of major topics that we should talk about is just training. I mean, obviously Derek hands get trained by their drilling contractor, but they don't get trained by a mud engineer or really get educated on drilling fluids until we come into the picture. So, you know, why does training like from a mud engineer standpoint, why is training so important? Well, I mean, just keep in mind that you're asking, it's one of those, those are the guys who are qualified to lift stuff, forklifts, you know, cut sacks, that kind of thing. And they should, to some degree, know how the equipment works, but it's a lot of knobs we're not really supposed to touch. And so, I mean, you just think about how many things can get lost in translation when you're yelling at somebody by the generator house or, you know, just any number of things. Well, imagine somebody who doesn't have any experience and, you know, we'd go unlock the V door and we, you know, we joke about that. But the other part of it is those misunderstandings that could be dangerous But, you know, even before you get to those kinds of situations, those misunderstandings could just create a lot of problems. Even look, sometimes it's hard to find good people and I get that, but even really good people who don't know how to do the right thing aren't going to be set up for success. And so, you know, I think on the training side, like explaining why things matter and I mean, never forget the why, like, Hey, we're on a team here. And I need you to add LCM at this certain rate, because if you add it too fast, we could plug the tool and we'll have to come out of the hole. And that is why I'm recommending you do it this way here. Why don't we, you know, watch me, you know, let's do the first one together. So you get the idea, but understand that if you cut corners on this, it's not that you just ignored me. It's that the drilling operation could be affected and neither one of us want that, you know, Hey, monitor the shaking shaker screens. Here's what happens to the mud. If you don't help me, you know, manage the shaker screens, you will be mixing more products. We will have more volume. People will be mad, you know? Yeah. And I think too, it kind of takes me back to when I was a mud engineer up in Pennsylvania, you know, things were quite busy at the time and there was new Derek hands. And I tried to do my best to educate the Derek hands. And when I would get them to mix something, I would even write in the notes, this is for like, I would have a tower sheet. And I mean, it was basically the same treatment almost every day, just different numbers. If it was just drilling as usual, but kind of long story short, it was, I did my best to tell them, Hey, we're adding this and here's why. And they were thankful. You know, they said, Hey, you know, no one's really ever explained it. They always just told us what to mix and we did it, but you know, I appreciate it. And then some Derek hands, they, I mean, they got a lot going on. They don't really care, but some other guys that want to learn or other, you know, ladies or whoever out or on the rig as Derek hands, some want to really learn and kind of advance their knowledge in the drilling fluid space. So some of them aspire to be mud engineers someday. 
You know, they see it as a career advancement. And I mean, look, you have ownership in this. Look, when you add this clay, that helps me get viscosity for my mud check. Like it helps us maintain. Oh, cool. Okay. That's why I'm needed here. You know, because otherwise it just looks like you're circulating brown fluid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think that's something like being very forward. Like, please ask me questions. If you don't know what to do or if you're curious, like, I will not get mad at you. I want you to ask me questions because I think even some of the good ones that are fairly conscientious are like, I don't want to ask him another question. You know, I don't want to bother her one more time. It looks like, you know, everyone seems busy. Who am I to, you know, it's like, no, I think most people would rather you ask than possibly make a mistake or, you know, create a complication for the issue. So I think it's going to be incumbent on all mud engineers to help train the rig crew. And the irony with training a Derrick hand is they don't work for you, you know, and they're trained by their drilling contractor, but they're trained in what a two week class before they're really sent out for trial by fire. And, yeah, you know, a lot of that training is going to be focused on risk management and their own personal safety. Yes. It's going to be, you know, this is how you wear a harness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's and to add to that, it's I know some folks on the drilling contractor space, and they're saying how there's a lot of challenge right now with new folks coming on to the rig and just kind of walking around and have no idea what's going on. Everyone's so busy, really having to make an effort to actually train people and get them just used to being on a rig. Here's the components. Here's the you know. Here's what a derrick is. Here's what tongs are. Here's what you're going to touch. Here's what you're not going to touch. But they, for the most part, don't go through anything to do with drilling fluids. They may say, hey, you know, here's, you know, here's some valves that you probably won't touch for at least six months, you know, this, that, and the other. But either way, at the end of the day, as a mud engineer, it's important to train the Derrick hands. Yes, it's not, you know, part of your critical path, but helping them understand why they're doing things will just help with that cohesion and really just allow them to work hard for you informally. And then too, it's like, you know, kind of that goes into just giving instructions. And oftentimes we take it for granted talking to a seasoned Derek hand, Hey, I need you to follow this treatment sheet. And it could just, I've seen treatment sheets. That's like, you know, a product and 40 sacks in a tower. Well, okay. Does that mean X amount per hour? Does that mean once I can just dump this in all at once? And without being specific and then kind of going back to the training component and saying, I need you to mix it at this rate, or I need you to mix this over X amount of circulations that can really impact the properties and how things act down hole, Matt. So, you know, what would you add to, you know, being detailed and providing specific instructions, especially to those who may not have that much experience as a derogant? I mean, the hard part is they're trying to optimize their time. They're probably in a rush and think about, when you're really good at something, how like you can move slowly and still get a lot done. But when you don't know what you're doing, you tend to be fairly clumsy. Like I remember when I started out working on solids control and like, I would have my coveralls totally dirty after one job, I'd have to get them cleaned. Like it would take me, I'd be climbing, squirming all over awkwardly. And I could unpack a centrifuge, but like the person who was driving me around had perfectly clean coveralls and it was accomplishing the same work I was doing in half the time. And (laughs) it was one of these, like that level of skill. And so like, I guess what I mean is like, there's a finesse to these things that you ultimately learn, but somebody got to, you know, kind of got to teach you. And when you get into the, like, 
mixing materials and that sort of thing. I mean, look, there are certainly plenty of those. Like, I don't, I don't need your help. I can do it. Don't worry. And need to learn the hard way. But the other part of it is, I mean, think about if you just hammered some product and it's just going to up in the bottom of your pits, like it's never going to get circulated around. You're just, you're wasting so much time and energy and they're going to have to do it again. And so I think being very clear on the nuances of how you want things done and going back to explaining the why, you know, there will be bad consequences if we try and wait up Bay right. You know, if we try and wait up a pound in half a circulation, it will be bad. Please, you know, let's do this the safe way, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's can't iterate that enough is, you know, be very detailed in your instructions to Derek hands. It's critical and it can make your life. It may make it a little bit more time consuming in the moment. It could certainly help you out in the long run. Matt, let's talk tower change. That's always yeah. fun. I mean, I think the thing is when you don't know what you don't know, tower change between, you know, two Derek hands is going to be, especially like the difference between an inexperienced and an experienced one. What am I supposed to tell you about what we're doing? Or I forgot most of it or, you know, any of those things. It's one of those where maybe you say, Hey, why don't I stand in? We'll kind of run over the instructions together. What were you able to get finished that was on the treatment sheet? What's left? Is there anything else that we need to go through? You know, those kinds of things where you could sort of, you know, help walk through that. And I think, you know, I always sat through both pre-tower meetings and I think that can become more important when everybody's having the conversation, like being present for that. So I think just trying to be as helpful as possible to help the day and night Derek hands be able to talk to each other is another element of it. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. No, I mean, you, you summed it up. I mean, it's, you got to be there with them and especially if it's, again, I'm going to reiterate this, but especially if they're not that experienced, attend the meetings, if you can, if they're doing tower change meetings, depending on their time. I mean, I think most now still, again, at least from my experience, it was either, you know, you know, five, six or 7 AM, five, six or 7 PM in that time. Some do noon to noon. I think I don't, you know, or if they're doing eight hour towers and you have three crews again, Either way, however that drilling contractor makes crew change, if you can be out there and help with the transition, or you know, if you want to respect their space and give them their time, speak with the Derek Han who's coming off briefly before and say, hey, you know, here's what we're doing. Make sure you relay this to whoever's coming on, and then after an hour, once the Derek Han gets settled in and you know get do, does their rounds and does all their checks, then you can go out there and say, hey, you know, here, so how was crew change? Okay, what did so and so tell you? Here's what yeah. we're doing this and that, and so you can either do it together you know, do it right before or after. I mean, whatever that looks like. Yeah. You got to get a sense of, you don't want to be up in their business all the time either, but. Of course. Yeah. There's an art to that. There is right. And it's, again, you you work with so many different types of folks. So just kind of get a feel for it, but make a point of being out there around crew change to make sure that there's nothing lost in translation. Yeah. And I think that sort of ties into the, you know, the last point I had written down where it was have them repeat back what they think they need to do, be it a, you know, tower change or crew change or whatever, but you run through it in the morning or or whenever anything changes. Okay. Did you understand, you know, or look, I might not be the best communicator. Could you just repeat back to me what, you know, what you think I'm asking you to do and make sure that I didn't forget anything. And I think if, you know, try and do it with humility, don't make it sound like you're giving them a test, but (laughs) the other part of it is it gives them a chance if they just keep going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
it gives them a chance to say, actually, let's run through that again. Yeah. And two, another thing that kind of popped into my head is I remember being on a rig and a lot of times it was, you know, you were told what to do and you got paid from the neck down. That was always what I was told. Don't question anything. You get paid from the neck down. But no, I think it's a terrible approach. I think everyone has good ideas. And so if you're a mud engineer and you're talking to your Derek hand and you maybe you've been on that rig for however long, someone with a new set of eyeballs coming on there and he may, or she may notice something. And so encourage them to speak up and say, if you would disagree with like what I'm telling you on how we're doing things, speak up. I mean, you have experience in areas I don't, but tell me what you think. I mean, here's what I think. And who knows? And then it gives them the confidence to speak up. And and that's, I think that's a big problem that we have in oil and gas just in general is folks are oftentimes scared to speak up because a lot of times leaders are kind of, they like to be bullies. And I think there's, there's a culture shift. But historically, it's kind of just, yeah. And again, this is something I was told, shut your hole and know your role. Like that's not the attitude anymore. And so for everyone out there, give Derek hands and anyone that essentially works, you know, quote unquote, underneath you on the ladder of whatever you want to call it, just everyone on the rig, regardless, give everyone an opportunity to speak up and don't, you know, verbally undress them if they say something that doesn't make any sense, because ultimately we need everyone's input. So I want to put that out there because I was on a rig and it hurt to tell for people to tell me just basically to don't speak and just work as I was told. And I think that's terrible. Yeah. Well, it it reminds me of even like going through a displacement plan or something like that where you're like, okay, guys, we're going to do this and this and this and this. All right. And like you walk the lines with after you tell everybody what your brilliant plan is to move a bunch of fluids around, then walk the lines with the Derek hand and the Derek hand being like, well, what if we did this? You'd be like, hmm, yeah, that's probably a lot better than what I was about to do. And so, you know, hey, when you walk the lines, you know, walk these lines, make sure everything's good to go. And, you know, this is what I was thinking. What are you thinking? And even if you have a pretty solid idea of what needs to happen or how it needs to go, help them generate some ownership in it, you know? 100%. Because the other part is if you're too overbearing, they're always going to wait for you. Yeah, no, that's so true. So yeah, collaborate and give people the opportunity to have a voice and provide ideas. And last but not least, Matt, gratitude. I think that's great. I'm glad you threw that in there. These Derek hands, they work tirelessly for 12 hours straight to make sure that not only you're satisfied and that they've met your expectations as a mud engineer, but their driller, their tool pusher, the company representative. So show them some love. And Matt, how can we do that? So, I mean, I think the main one that, you know, generates the most goodwill is food. And I feel like there's a different, a million different ways to do that. If you're a good cook, man, a home cooked meal is amazing. But if you're not even just, you know, finding out what they like, you see them, you know, out there or whatever, walk up to them. Hey man, I got you, you know, got you a granola bar. Here's a bottle of water. You know, it looks hot out there. Just anything like that, where you just, even the gesture. But my goodness, whatever it is that, you know, I try and find out what they like, but I think food of any kind, a home cooked meal being the very, you know, tip top thing you could ever do. But, you know, it's usually some Cajun guy who has no problem making up a, you know, big gumbo or something. (laughs) Right. You know, who's, who's really good at that. I don't know if anybody wants my, you know, home cooking, but Buying your groceries with them in mind, whether it's you've got to know them a little bit or just buying a few different things, some snacks, some other things, just, hey, I was thinking of you. It's like, I don't know. Food, I, I think, is a pretty big one, you know, and then there's kind of the tangible goods. 
I always try and have some tally books on hand whenever I go out to a rig. It's crazy how much people like them. I mean, but my gosh, they're so appreciated. So it's one of those, make sure you have enough tally books for day and night and crew change, depending on what your hitch is. You don't want to leave anybody hanging, but they really appreciate it. I mean, and, and even hard hat stickers, like even some of the most basic things and I don't get it, but you know what? If it makes people happy, I'm going to give them a hard hat sticker. Mm-hmm. So I think even just a little bit of swag, those kinds of things can be really good. Was there anything when you were working the rigs, was there anything that you really appreciated getting? I mean, there's one that sticks out of my head and there was some scarcity to this and it was those little bit keychains, the yeah, like little okay. PDC or roller cone bit keychains. They were so hard to come by, but whoever had one was like gold. And I ended up over the years of being in the field, I ended up having two of them. And I just thought that was like the neatest thing. But ultimately I only moved up to motors. And so I was never in the position to work really directly with a mud engineer, which it's funny because like it took me three years to get to motors, which either that's a testament to maybe me not being a good hand, which arguably I thought I was, but it was like, I was the youngest one on the rig by far. And all the rest of my crews, they had been on that rig for like the last 18 years. The lease, the lease hand who was like the sixth man was like in his sixties and he had been the lease hand forever. The Derek hand had been there since it was like whatever drilling contractor it was before then. Like it was a grandfather rig. So no one moved around. So, but for (laughs) those brought you in. Yeah. And then I, yeah. And then I come in and it's like, who's this young kid? But yeah. So people are like, man, you worked three years and didn't even get to Derek's. But man, like nowadays someone can get a driller and like 18 months. It's, I don't, it just blows my mind. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. The little bit keychains, those were money. And then at the, I was so, going to go with double, double from Tim Hortons or <laughs> get, getting a large, you know, batch of Timmy's to the rig. That's always key. And then too, for some reason, Kentucky fried chicken was big in Canada. Like when, like we'd get folks come out and bring just buckets of chicken and it was so good. Like as a rig hand, man, Kentucky fried chicken would just that would made your day. But aside from that, yeah. And when I was a money engineer, stickers were really cool. There was an operator that we did some work for and before they got bought out, but I still have some old school stickers and I threw some of them out because someone was like, like Joe's pipe wranglers. It's like, I don't know, but there's some really cool stickers from back in the day from companies who don't exist that just have some novelty to it and and kind of bring back some memories. So stickers are always kind of neat, but that's pretty much it. I don't know. You know, I'd be curious to talk to some field sales folks, or even some mud engineers say, is, is there anything new coming around the rigs? Cause if so, we need to know about it. Cause we need to stay on the up and up with that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it buys you a lot of goodwill on the rig. Yeah. It and you know, like we've talked about before, once you have an experienced Derek hand, there's a lot, they know they might not be mud engineers, but they might know a lot about what a mud engineer is trying to do. Yeah. And there's plenty they could do that. They don't need an instruction, but if they don't like you, they could also wait for you to tell them. And so that's one of those things where it's like, look, if you can build that relationship early and they start getting the hang of things, it can make your life so much better. Yeah, it definitely can. This is a cool conversation and one that for you, know, for you and I hits close to home because we were both there. But if anyone out there has any sort of stories, I'm sure you do on any of the topics or any of the, the stuff we talked about today, please reach out. It's just, it's super fitting right now, especially with 
just how many new folks are entering the oil field or coming back that maybe haven't been around a rig for a few years. But anyway, just treat the derrick hands right, train them, educate them as much as you possibly can if you're a mud engineer and anyone else that's listening. Hopefully you got to get a little inside scoop on the dynamics between mud engineers and derrick hands because yeah, it's pretty fun, especially when you get with some derrick hands that you work well with. Matt, I can't think of anything else. What do you got? No, I mean, I, I think I think we covered everything that came to mind. But look, as frustrating as it can be, and look, we'd we'd love to work with experience and work towards you know bigger and better things with everybody having a lot of knowledge and skills. You know what? This sure beats sitting at home hoping the rigs will pick back up. Okay, so you can complain yes. all you want, but you've got something to be thankful for. Make hey. the most of it. Amen to that. Well, everyone out there really appreciate the support. Please, if you could leave a review and just share this with anyone who you think may be interested, share an episode on LinkedIn. If there's something that really stuck out that you felt added some value or you learned something, share it to the rest of your network. That would be greatly appreciated. And if you have any questions or even ideas for a show on some topics that we may have not covered, let us know. We're happy to do so. And with that said, take care, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flow Line. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.